Walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the Pecan Podcast. Hello, friends. It is Pastor Courtney. So good to be with you here in the middle of the Lenten season. We are looking forward to Easter with great anticipation while also not hurrying through Lent. Lent has a faithful pace of its own. We are going to talk today on the podcast about fear, about fear, about being afraid and how fear can shape us, how fear is a powerful motivator, and what scripture has to say about fear. I'll begin with a story. I I grew up in the north woods of Wisconsin, and some of our dearest friends had spent many, many years serving in the Peace Corps in South America. So they worked in Paraguay, and they worked in Bolivia, and they worked in Peru, and for a brief time, they lived deep in the jungles of, of Paraguay. And while they were there, um, they have all these stories. They had all these stories about wildlife encounters and encounters with insects and um, just wild stories, wild stories for a young girl growing up in the North Woods of Wisconsin. When we would visit their house, I was always spellbound. They had a couple of glass cases of mounted insects, beetles, and butterflies with these beautiful jeweled tones. They were enormous. They were bigger than my hand and just mysterious, exotic creatures I had never encountered in my my years as a child in Wisconsin, we had ladybugs and monarchs and not a ton of biodiversity. And so I would just gaze at these with awe. One of their stories that they told that has stuck with me to this day was when they were living in the jungles, they were in, in a house that was built on stilts in part to protect them from a lot of the, the wildlife on the jungle floor. They would move out once or twice a year when the army ants came through, the army ants would come through and, and strip every fiber, every crumb from the house. So they had to they had to vacate or the ants would eat them too. They, they had friends who lived nearby, half a mile or so away on a jungle trail. And they, they always had to be vigilant against venomous creatures. So scorpions, spiders, centipedes, snakes, all sorts of things in the jungle want to kill you all the time. And they had to be really careful. And one of their friends who lived just a short, short path down the jungle away from them, got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and realized that she was out of toilet paper. So she reached into the cabinet in the bathroom. And like you do, if you're grabbing an extra roll of toilet paper, she just put her two fingers in the middle of that roll and picked it up and something bit her. And what bit her was a spider, a big venomous spider that was living in the middle of the toilet paper roll in the cabinet in her bathroom in the jungles of Paraguay. And the venom caused her arm immediately to swell. They had to hike out, get her to the hospital. She nearly lost her arm. 
She was okay in the end, but I heard this story as a six-year-old, seven-year-old child, and I have not yet to this day ever grabbed a new roll of toilet paper without thinking about that spider. And I live here in Southern California with very, very few venomous animals, and those there are don't tend to hang out in bathroom cabinets. But I think about that story all the time. It made such an impact on me. Fear shapes us. And one story, one experience, one traumatic event can stick with us for a lifetime. It can, it can shape us. So what do we do with fear? Over and over again in scripture, we read what sounds like a command, do not fear. Do not fear. Every time an angel shows up in scripture and the poor human who is seeing an angel for the first time starts to kind of freak out, the angel says, do not fear. Do not fear. I bring you good tidings. I bring you great joy. Do not fear. You have been chosen by the Lord. Do not fear. I am with you. I do think we lose a little bit in the modern translation of these passages because in the Hebrew, in the Greek, it would normally be phrased as fear not. Fear not. And do not fear sounds like a command. There's almost a a scolding in it. Why are you afraid? Don't be afraid. That's nonsense. But fear not sounds like an invitation. There is no reason in this moment to fear. God is present. God is here the messenger of the Lord, the Lord himself is present. So how do we fear not in a world where there are many beautiful and terrible things happening all the time? And where we we often fear things that aren't actually as scary as they may seem or as common as they may seem. I think many of us, when we wade into the ocean, we think about sharks and shark attacks. But the fact is, there are only a handful of people attacked by sharks every year. But every one of those attacks makes the news because shark attacks are exciting. When most of us, what we should be afraid of is the butter that we're ingesting, the sugar that we're ingesting, our cholesterol going up higher and higher every year and causing a possibility of heart attacks or strokes or other health problems, we are far more likely to be killed by our own hearts than by a shark. What do we do with our fear? One of the things that can help us to fear not is knowledge of presence. It's knowledge of presence. At the first church I pastored back in Wisconsin, there was Uh, a man who became a new member who was six foot eight. He was six foot eight and he'd worked in security and law enforcement, but he had this wonderful tender heart. He was just this deeply kind man. And I remember on occasion, I'd be at the church late at night doing something and there'd be a meeting going on, a buildings committee meeting or something like that. And I would see his truck in the parking lot and just think, well, I know I'm safe. I know whoever else is in this building, even if there would be someone who would wish me harm here in the middle of the night in this church building, I can see that Dean is here and some other folks on the committee. And I felt 
safe. Every time, every time the command, the invitation is issued in scripture, fear not, fear not, it is followed by a promise of presence. When the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her that she is highly favored, he also tells her that the presence of God is with her and will go with her. And in fact, she will, she will bear God. She will carry God inside her very body. When angels show up, they promise God's presence. God never says to us, fear not, just be braver. Fear not, there is nothing to fear. That would simply not be true. But God says, fear not, I am here. I am with you. You are not alone. You are not alone. One of the hardest things to hear about and witness this year has been folks who have had to go to very scary, stressful hospital appointments or folks who have died in the hospital and have been alone. Maybe there has been a nurse or a doctor present to hold their hand, but not a spouse, not a child, not a family member. People have said goodbye to those who have died over Zoom, over FaceTime. It is not meant to be this way. And the thought would be intolerable if it wasn't for the presence of God. That none of us are alone, not ever alone. I've shared the story on this podcast before months ago, but when I was a new mom, Lincoln was a very bad sleeper. He was small. He needed to eat constantly. And so I got very, very little sleep. And then finally, around month six or seven, he started to sleep for slightly longer stretches. But I couldn't sleep because I was so afraid of what might happen to him. I would check on him time and time again during the night. And Daryl finally said, you're, you're not going to survive this if you don't sleep. You have to sleep. And I said, but I'm so afraid. Sometimes babies never wake up. Sometimes terrible things happen. There's sudden infant death syndrome. He could roll over and somehow get tangled up in his sheet. Something terrible could happen. And Daryl looked me right in the eye and he said, Jesus is in that room. We've made it as safe as we can for him. We've done everything we need to do to keep him healthy and safe. But even so, Daryl couldn't tell me without a shadow of a doubt, that nothing would ever happen to Lincoln. That's a promise we parents never get. But he could tell me the truth, which was that Jesus was in that room. So for those of you right now who are having to go to chemo alone, having to go to radiation alone, having to go to surgery alone, dialysis alone, a reminder of God's presence with you. Presence drives out fear. And sometimes that reminder of presence is a moment-by-moment thing. It's not a, you become a Christian, so you know God is with you, and you trust that, and you're never afraid again. It's not how it works. We live moment-by-moment-by-moment. Fear is not a sin. Doubt is not a weakness. The presence of God goes with us, behind us, and before us, and on every side. Presence drives out fear. Information can help drive out fear. When we know more, it can help us to make wise decisions and feel less afraid. 
When we first moved to California, I was so afraid of earthquakes. I was so afraid of earthquakes. I'm still a little afraid of earthquakes, truth be told. In part because I didn't grow up with them. Tornadoes don't scare me. Black bears don't scare me. Deer ticks don't scare me. I know how to mitigate that risk. I have the information. I know what to do, how to plan. But earthquakes... Earthquakes were so scary, and I had to learn from many of you, from friends, here's what you do if there's an earthquake. Here's what you do. Here's how you mitigate that risk. And I still, when our neighbors roll in their trash cans late on Monday night, I assume it's an earthquake, and I go and stand in a doorway or try to get under a table, and every time Daryl laughs, it sounds like an earthquake. But the information and the learning has helped, has helped me face the fear. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? My kids have different fears. Lincoln gets a splinter and it is really his biggest fear. And I relate to that as a child. When I got a splinter, I would contemplate, do I just walk straight into the lake rather than let my dad come at me with tweezers? I was terrified. Wilson, not so much. I took a splinter out of Wilson's foot the other day and, and no one in the house even noticed because Wilson is just stoic. He's stoic with things like that. If I am out of Felicity's sight and I haven't told her where I'm going, she's so afraid. But if she knows mommy's going to the garage to get more paper towels, mommy's going out to the backyard to pick some cilantro, she's okay. There's information and a reminder of presence. What are you afraid of? This has been a year of incredible fear in our country. It has been a year of a lot of political vitriol and meanness. And often both of those are rooted in fear. Fear of the other side, fear of our country shifting in a way that is uncomfortable or scary or down the wrong path. Where is God's presence What information do we need to be able to love God and our neighbor well? To be able to answer our fear with courage and presence and information. In Lent, we read of Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he goes to the garden and he weeps and he prays, and he sweats drops of blood, which is, it's fascinating. You can look it up. It is a physiological reaction to extreme stress, extreme anguish, fear, and trembling, feeling abandoned and alone, And in that garden, God meets us in our deepest fears, in our deepest longings. Our our God is not far off. We serve a God who suffers with us and has suffered for us. We are not alone in our fear. We are not alone in our suffering. I hear from many of you the word should when it comes to fear. I shouldn't be afraid. I should trust God. And the fact is, it just simply doesn't work like that. It is a lifelong struggle and one that we learn in fits and starts. And one of the exercises Daryl and I come back to time and time again when we are living through a new season of fear, of worry, of anxiety, is we go back 
and we look through our life and our life together and our family, and we talk about all the times God proved faithful, the times God proved faithful when we weren't very faithful, the times God proved faithful when we weren't sure which direction to choose, which vocational path to follow, which, which church to say yes to, and how faithful God has been how God has never abandoned us. And we need those reminders. We read them in scripture. God is faithful to Moses. God is faithful to Elijah. God is faithful to Esther. God is faithful to Rahab. God is faithful to Simon of Cyrene. God is faithful. But we need those stories in our own lives as well. They are not the antidote to fear, but they are one of its answers that this God who has been faithful will be faithful still, even to the hour of our death. In the first weeks of the pandemic, when everything was so uncertain and we weren't sure if our grocery surfaces, if that can of soup was going to result in us getting COVID, we didn't know what we know now. I went back time and time again, again to some of the ancient catechisms of the church And one of them asks the question, what is my only hope in life and death? And the answer is, my only hope in life and in death is that I belong body and soul to my Lord Jesus Christ. And if that is true, friends, fear not. Fear not. I would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a story that you'd like us to share on the podcast or you're going through a season of fear. I would love to pray with you and for you. I would love to talk it through or we can text or we can email. I'm here. I'm here, friends. The Lord, the Lord is near. But sometimes we also need a bridge minister or a pastor or a counselor or a friend to walk with us. That is how God created us. We are not islands. That is even more true in seasons of fear. I am praying for you. I would love to hear from you. Drop me a line, Courtney.ellis at mypcom.com or a voicemail on the church line. I will be back again next week. I look forward to being with you, friends. Until then, take care, be well, and God bless. Mm-hmm.